All right, so if you listen regularly, you know that I just had Bottle Logic on. It's a Fobab week. Everybody's, you know, there's a ton of breweries in town. Uh, the beer scene in Chicago is just bananas right now. But um, if, you, if you've been listening, Bottle Logic, it's my latest episode. Well, during that during that day, that was like the Tuesday before Fobab, Sean Burns over at Moore had Bottle Logic in. Um, so their whole group of uh, brewmasters, owner, president, all that, uh, they were in they were in for the collab, and I got to sit down with them during it. But during that time as well, um, Mike Palin stopped in um, for more brewing while we were there. Um, Justin Miller from Hot Butcher stopped in, and. Uh, you know, we got, to, we got to see some pretty awesome cast of characters from the Chicago brew, brew area along with Bottle Logic. Well, while Mike, when Mike Palin stopped in, I asked uh, him and Sean while, while Bottle Logic and I took a little break. So Brandon from Bottle Logic, um, Mike agreed, and then Sean uh, took a break from the brew they were doing. And the three of them sat down with me and just talked beer. Um, and I thought, you know, I'll just make this part of the Bottle Logic episode. But then when I sat down and listened back to it, it's like it's it's an hour of its own content. And I thought, man, this is a cool it's a cool little it's an, I don't want to call it a one off. It's an episode. Um, I'm, I'm counting it as an episode of the, of the show. It's about an hour's worth of just like really good content. Listening to Mike and Sean and, and Brandon uh, from Bottle Logic just kind of breaking breaking down some little things and industry stuff and then also kind of covering like what's coming up uh you know sean talking about the mendy release coming up and mike talking about his future expansion and his and his uh future canning plans all that stuff and then along with brandon uh, you know what's coming next for bottle logic and going over some of the ways they release beer and deal with i don't know it's great it's great to have a group of brewers sit down and and talk and kind of be that fly on the wall so I think uh, a lot of you guys will enjoy this. I mean, these are three powerhouse breweries you're talking about. Um, in the Chicago market, obviously, Microphone and More, you know, in Bottle Logic, it's just like in the Chicago market, it's something that people are trading for and buying on the secondary, looking razzles, all that stuff. So, I mean, Bottle Logic is a, is a big swinger. Um, and it, it was just cool to just to watch the three of them interact. So I think uh, I think the audience that the folks listening will enjoy it. So check it out. And if you run into any of them at Fobab and you have listened to this before you run into them, please do not hesitate to be like, hey, I heard you guys on Joe's podcast. Um, and then like usual, go to iTunes, leave me a review, all that stuff. Follow me on all the Instagram, Twitter, all that. So at uh, Average Joe's Beer Podcast on Instagram. That's the big important one. And like the Facebook page. <laughs> All right, so I got to pull in some celebrity guests here since we are at the Moore Tap Room. I got I got Sean making his record uh, fourth appearance on the podcast, uh, <laughs> and Mike Palin. Mike, uh, still my most downloaded episode. Appreciate that. Wow. You guys, yeah, you guys are awesome. Um, and now combine that with Bottle Logic coming coming from the West Coast. So we're kind of like in the middle of a Bottle Logic episode, um, but. Brewer had to take off, so Dylan's out. I uh, wanted to get a kind of a, just get a minute with you guys. You got Microphobab Mike coming up tomorrow? Yep, tomorrow. tomorrow. Yep. Talk a little bit about it. Yeah, so with the new law that changed in Illinois, allowing um, tasting rooms like Microphone is to have guest draft, we like we sat back and said, what can we do that is really unique with that? And with you know Fobab in town and Brewers coming in, we said, let's let's do a Microphobab party. Let's, let's kick it off the Wednesday leading up to Fobab and take over all of our draft lines and do a couple different sessions and bring in some beer that 
probably won't be at Fobeb or might be at Fobeb, but for people who aren't going to Fobeb, get a chance to try it. Yeah. Um, and it's even some brewers who aren't even participating in Fobeb want to send up some barrel-aged beer as well. So Let we pulled <laughs> together about 20 different barrel-aged beers that, I mean, it, it blows my mind to see our walking cooler right now because all of them are coming in through distribution. Uh, you done some have taste these testing, beers. some sampling, just not quality yet, control. Not not just we'll quality just control stuff, Mike. I mean, I wish there was time for that, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and for you guys, Bottle Logic, I mean, we've talked about the whirlwind you guys are on, and microphone's also involved in that, too, right? I mean, you're part of Microphobab. You're going to do a beer with them on Sunday, I think you said. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was, it, it makes sense. Uh, Mike invited us out here in the, the first place to be a part of Fobab, so. Um, of course, I want to send a keg out and uh, show show our our support and our love for barrel aged beer too. So, um, so like 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 Mike said, I wanted to uh, make sure people who um, couldn't come to the festival could still try like uh, something like FO and um, have that chance. So that's what we sent sent out. Okay, so just gonna have barrels of FO just hanging out at your place tomorrow. Okay, that's yeah, fun. Yeah. That's a good time. That's another cool thing. So this is my first year being on the um, Fobel committee. And one of the things I really wanted to do is, I mean, Sean and I have been on the, the tour this year of really going to different festivals across the United States and meeting brewers like Bottle Logic and um, to open up this festival that, you know, some people know about it. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty well-known national fest, but not everybody knew all the logistics and everything about it. So we've been able to get in some incredible brewers this year that are doing it for the first time to be exposed to FOBAB. And I think it's only going to make FOBAB better year after year once more important people come into it. I used to think it was invite only, so yeah, <laughs> I get that all the time. People people think that it is that, but it's that it, it in my in my mind as an outsider, it is a prestigious event. With you know, you look at all the winners, especially last year. Like you look at all these people who are winning, um, it's the cream of the crop. Um, to quote a famous wrestler, but uh, uh, yes, <laughs> but you look at that from That's afar, when you eat Alex. Yeah, you look at that from afar and. You you don't in my mind it's like oh I can never attend something like that I f- that's uh, it has to be invite only or something like that yeah so and now we debunk that and get all you guys out here and uh, yeah, yeah I think even Good. more as we continue to do this circuit together we can get more and more brewers to come out here you're gonna have a hundred uh, uh, new breweries next year entering good luck with the uh, judging on that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what I mean what's that like from your guys' angle over over on the west coast there I mean when you when you look you know, when you look east to Chicago, are you seeing the reputation building? Because, I mean, I think us, especially consumers like me, you know, on this side, we are, we are very proud of, uh, of the scene right now. And it has everything to do with, like, the two guys sitting at this table right now, you know, along with some, some you know, actual city breweries. But, I mean, the suburban breweries and the sh- outside Chicagoland area are just crushing it right now to, in our perspective. So are you guys seeing that? I mean, oh, yeah. You're seeing that in like in the everything, the secondary market, you know, people wanting to trade for certain things, places like microphone, hot butcher more, you know, they're just, I think, I think, um, I think there's a local pride, but I also think, uh, wherever, sure. wherever you live, you take some, you take, uh, what you have for granted too. Like I love when I, when I travel and people are like, Oh, you can get, um, Pliny the elder whenever you want. Like, that's so cool. I'm like, well, yeah. It's gas it's station it's beer. Good. It's good, I guess. <laughs> no, no, I, I love it. Now. I love it. But um, I know a lot of people who are enthusiastic about craft beer, and they talk about microphone and more and uh, half acre. Like, there's, it's hard to get where we're at, and it just makes it. it there's that adds to that mystique. 
Is there, for all three of you guys, really, I mean, like, is there, like, a, a bunch of factors that go in when you think about collabs? Um, you know, do you do certain collabs? You're like, I'm doing this because this guy's, like, my buddy. You know, we came up together. I'm doing a collab. Or, like, I just love their beer, so I want to be a part of making a beer with them. Like, how much goes into that for you guys? So I was, I was actually uh, thinking about this the other day, and uh, my view on it was a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons to do a collab. Yeah, it could be your, your best buddy down the street. It could be, uh, you know, pure marketing. Uh, part of it, though, for me is, like, it's uh, it's it's literally just growing craft, growing, like, making your brand now recognizable. Like, if you, you put these two, like, awesome brands together, now all of a sudden, like, now Bottle Logic has exposure here in the Chicago market. Chicago has exposure over in, you know, uh, California. And it's like, it, it's just like a escalating thing that kind of just continues to happen between kind of growing, growing craft as a, as a whole. Well, I mean, and Mike, for you, uh, I've, I've been introduced to so many breweries just by your collabs. And then, and then I start to discover other things from them. And it's like, whoa, you know, because usually when certain breweries decide to do it with other breweries you're like uh you kind of give it it gives them some clout like let's say i i I love microphones beer already so now i see barn town you know i never heard of barn town before but then you know and also went to your fest met them there they were beers amazing like there's there's crazy good beer out there yeah i mean i'll start back though i gotta give it all credit to drew fox from 18th street he's kind of always been my mentor and i've always looked up to him and he hit the ground running by doing a ton of collabs out there and really getting his brand and his name out there I thought that was a great way to introduce, you know, we're, we're one of 6,000, 7,000 breweries these days, and it's hard to kind of distinguish who you are, um, but to kind of link up with people that you idolize and that you have like-minded ideas about, um, and it can be across the U.S., across the world. Um, this year, I've been able to brew in different countries, and it's been, it's been fun to see that we all kind of have the like-minded idea of what we like to make and styles we like to make, and the beers are a synergistic language across the whole entire world. Um, and then, yeah, to be, a, be able to expose people to a new brand that they may have never heard of. You know, Barntown is close to me because that's a guy that I used to homebrew with back in Chicago. Oh, wow. And he decided to pack everything up, take his family to Iowa, and start a brewery down there. And so now for that story to get out there, um, it's, it's rewarding for him and rewarding for me as well. Um, it's hard then, to keep up with you. You're all over the place. You're, <laughs> you're hitting all over the place. Yeah, my, my wife hates that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why we got a trip on the calendar to Disneyland, which... So it sounds like it's going to turn into it a, a brew too. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just how life is right now. But it's it's fun, and it, um, we, like I said, we do go on this tour of fest throughout the year. And at that time, you get to link up and do bottle shares and meet everybody the day before the fest. And that's where you kind of get to understand who is doing what you're doing in a different city, um, and kind of be like, hey, we, we we're both being crazy making these stupid pastry studs. Let's let's do one together when you're in town, and I'll do one when I'm in your town with you. And um, it's not about trying to make better beer it's about trying to just kind of grow together and learn from the process and expand each other's networks and and, and have fun and just really have fun with it how do you i mean you guys must take more than that like you said there's networks involved too i mean you're starting to get more contact and more people that they can talk to speaking of which there's another there's another celebrity brewer uh, coming through the door it looks like over here oh yeah hot butcher <laughs> in the house <laughs> oh we got justin <laughs> miller and the crew. jesus christ man That's my funny. cup runneth over <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the, what, like you take out contacts, you take out, like, don't you get, I mean, Sean, I, I watched you guys recently with the, with the Surrounded by Idiots mm-hmm. when you guys, I just watched you guys interacting. 
Chris Betts is explaining certain canning machines to Brando from Workforce because right. he's in the market for one. Like, right. uh, does, does that stuff pull out too? Techniques, you know, different things that you guys have tried or ingredients that yeah. you've had trouble with. You know, I swear after every collab, I spend another twenty-five to five thousand dollars because it's yeah. it's one of those things you go, you're doing that that way. That makes so much more yeah. sense. I gotta buy that. Yeah. That's what it is yeah. every time. We just bought a we just bought a five barrel hop, uh, hop custom hop back because of a collab we did a year ago and. West now wants that, so <laughs> it it just got finished um, last week. So hopefully that we'll be re- receiving that soon. So Boom. yeah, and uh, just the two of you guys. I mean, you guys have a recent, very very successful collab with that barrel aged vanilla noise that's been hitting. Uh, I mean, like great. It's great that the beer comes out great, but that's not the only thing, right? I mean, that's like what what did you guys do during that one? And that, that was something that you're that like. One it was the same same recipe same base, as uh, yeah. base, but then uh, was it, I don't know the week after or later that week. Something. The next week, next the week, next yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they took the same recipe and and then they brewed okay. that one. Okay. Uh, yeah, and for me it was like the the whole Moore story goes way back before um, I was even had a location. You know, Sonny and Perry owned Ardmore Station Liquors, and it's one of those things where they would buy my product and really kind of you know introduce me to a lot of things that I didn't know about the industry at all. Um, and actually, my assistant brewer Kyle was in line to be a brewer here at Moore um, and he didn't feel comfortable taking that job at the time he wanted to stay with me and as things progressed you know Sean came on and it, it, it's it's been the, the best of both worlds for Sonny and Perry to link up with Sean and this whole thing to take off and then for us just to kind of you know continue to, to work together and grow together and mm-hmm. we, you're referring I mean, to Kyle and out it's yeah Kyle, Kyle, Kyle and out. out I mean how many I mean we constantly are texting each other and bouncing each other you know questions are do you have this when it's we're close and we can we're neighbors and we're trying to help each other out and yeah. continue to grow it's been it is pretty cool having him like right up 83 i'm right down yeah, 83. it's like not yeah i don't even think people, some people don't realize like how close it is yeah. to you guys you know when you go to one you should go to the other oh, yeah. or vice versa it's a yeah. straight shot yeah. yeah yeah it's pretty cool uh but then i mean right now out of chicago and i know i'm missing breweries but like uh you know mike and mike and i are kind of very like-minded and like how we brew what we're what we're trying to achieve when we brew um so it's, it's kind of cool to like have you know two two spots kind of taking a different stab at like the same thing like kind of the, like a same end goal i guess uh-huh yeah. uh and in, in what path he's going to get there and what path i'm going to get there it's kind of kind of cool honestly like from an, from an inside perspective, it's, it's pretty cool. So And it makes sense to do things together every once in a while. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know. Yeah, I still owe him one here. You owe him one. Well, Jesus Christ. I got to clear the calendar for that. Now, after our, all this stuff, hopefully we get Let's something do it. soon. You heard it right now. It's been now. a year. Laid down. Yeah, it Make it it's happen. Been a year. So. I mean, for you guys, uh, what, what's your brew system size? I and mean, where, where are you guys at right now? Uh, we're brewing on a 15 barrel right now. Okay. Um, we have a 30 barrel. Um, it's already in LA in mothballs, waiting for uh, city oh, approval. So oh, that's right. You, we talked. Your yeah. parking spaces. Parking, parking spaces. space issues. Okay. Uh, it's been it's been in storage now for a year, so it's killing us. Um, and there's a there's other breweries in our area that have the same system. So every time I see it, I kind of have a little tear. <laughs> <laughs> what could be what could have been kind of thing, but um, yeah, we we brew on the brew on the 15. Um, so, like, in barrel age numbers right now, we're, we have about a 1,000 uh, bourbon casks filled. Whoa. That's it? 
That's it. <laughs> That's it? That yeah. Just a thousand? Those are small numbers. <laughs> well, I thought Pipeworks blew my mind when they said 700 barrels at their disposal. Oh, well. Jesus. That's but a lot. If you can imagine. For not being a, like Goose Island or something. Yeah. It's, a, it's a lot of hours put into that. Oh, and yeah. That, I bet um, it is. I take a lot of pride in our staff, like, willing to make those long nights. Um, it, it, you know, um, I th- I, th- I think people don't really realize that when they open up a beer, like the the blood, sweat, and tears that go into something like that. Education, not literally, man. but you know, <laughs> let people know. Let people know how much. I mean, I'm telling you, talking to Mike over at Pipeworks when he talked about <laughs> he talked about what goes into blending and you know barrel aging and the yeah. treatment of those barrels and wow, I mean, it's there's so much, there's so much there. When even to put the base beer into that cask is it's it's a grueling process it's a lot yeah. of grain it's a long boil it's it's big big days that tie up your brew house too that could be making a beer that goes on draft you know but um you, you take that risk of saying we want to make a barrel aged beer and, and reap the rewards of letting it age for 8 to 12 to 18 months um right. it's a long return it is a long return and we we hope i mean we're all still all pretty young in the industry that we hope that these returns are are, are fruitful um and what most of them you know most of them are, um, but that's where these prices are, the prices, because these things are big risks and take a lot of real estate where you could be putting a 30 barrel in that, that barrel room. Yeah. Or I could be making uh, IPA left and right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Turning that around. Yep. Well, I mean, yeah, you just talk about just down southwest suburbs and at Hailstorm, I mean, Brandon's been doing great Vlad variants for, you know, how four or five years or whatever, and he's had dumped some major batches, you know, but taking, like you said, that risk of taking a base stout and putting it in a barrels and hoping that it turns out right you know yep. that, that's the scariest part when it's a new brand or a new a new um a new recipe like you don't know what the barrel is going to do to it yeah the adjunct whatever whatever it is you know that that and i think most of you guys have probably had to dump batches at some point in your careers and mm-hmm. i think that made you better brewers right i mean that's the story that i've heard doing this ep- the episodes of this show it's like if you haven't dumped a batch, you're probably not doing your job right. You just dumped yeah. one last week. Oh, yeah. good for you, yeah. Sean. <laughs> I, I think, I think that's a fundamental difference. Is the three of us and other breweries in this area and in California, if we're willing to dump that batch because we know it's not good, and yes, we're losing money, but that's our, you know, our reputation and what we care about is more important. Yeah, it's hard to admit defeat. We had to do it, you know, recently with those couple bottles that went out and just didn't age well um oh you guys posted something huh okay yeah, we yeah. had a few bottles that uh, we, we know we got we got adventurous with some adjunct ingredients and what we learned is that with age and with um not proper storage those things kind of spoiled in the bottle um think about like milk if you left it out for a long time right. it'd spoil and we had that and we you know we we kind of let it go our bottles were never coming back in, fa- in issues but um as time went on and the more reviews came back we realized we had to make a make a choice and make that statement and said you know what well, we don't want you to have a bad experience ever so if you did, if you do, if you don't want to risk the bottle, bring it back to us and we'll exchange you or give you in-store credit. So it's just one of those things that we we know that at the end of the day, the consumer is so valuable to us that we want to make them happy and pleased with the risk that they're taking by spending the amount of money they are on our product. And uh, we just, we made that decision. And honestly, it's been, it's been rewarding for us to hear consumers say, thank you for doing this. And we, we understand what you're doing and the risk you're taking. So thank you for doing that. It's such a fine line to walk to because, you know, like you said, admitting defeat, like you want, you know, your microphone is a high standard, you know, and it's financially a lot is expected of you guys for from a consumer standpoint. And you're not a giant 
company that has like these, you know, can just brush those cookies under the under the couch, you know, no big deal. Um, but that you're expanding right now, man. You're you're building out. You yeah, know? we have so to. It, it, money, money is a, a thing that doesn't just uh, create itself. So. No, definitely not. So where are you guys at right now with everything? I saw you pouring some floors on the, on the interwebs. Yep. So yeah, the the space is directly next door to the current location. Um, all the floors are done. The framing should be done tomorrow. So we're moving and grooving. Hell yeah, man. That's the crazy. The estimated timeline now looks like end of January. So you get so to eventually I should probably use... say end of June. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> just to be safe. Yeah, it's looking like end of January. Um, and then cans. We're going to have cans early, that's, early that's next all, year. That's all I wanted to ask. I, mean, I, know. I, know. I saw you bought your, your canning machine. I have it's been it. sitting yeah, there I waiting. We've seen bottle fatigue. It's hard to see you know really, really good beers that we make just kind of sit around but it, i get it it's where the industry's at these days and yeah. people want cans and um we oh my god that first time we you have put it. check one two in cans watch out yeah, we, we, we have the candy line we have the four first brands that'll come out so we got mike check one two oh, nice. special sauce mosaic um regular bean spirit and uh, breakfast at tiffany's will all be in cans That's cool i'll try to do a big release to start but we just got to get the space finished out first <laughs> easier said than done right yeah uh, so much stuff so much stuff to do I think that's a it's an interesting subject the the idea of the 22 ounce or the 750. Um, I'm, I'm luckily for us we have like one or two brands right now that are still doing okay, um, but we're already planning the can switch to the for those brands. Um, but it's it, you look at um, in California like I can go any liquor store you go there there's at least 70 different breweries that have a 22 ounce bottle like on the shelf and it's. It's it's pretty crazy, like, and then there's like a limited can supply of you know from anything craft in that store. Really, so. it exploded here. I mean, it's crazy here. We you know we started brewing in 2015, and doing bottles was like that was the only thing you thought about. No brewery yeah. had a candy line, um, and then within the last I'd say year and a half, with all mobile canning and everything coming in, people have just switched to that format fast. Mm-hmm. And it's um, caught on too, like yeah. crazy. Though. And I, I mean, I'll be the first to admit that we just we weren't able to adapt and it's yeah. it's definitely kind of stalled us in where we're at um but thankfully with the size and nimble of we, that we are we can adjust to it and, and be okay with it but we knew we had to make that that choice to get that candy line and these things aren't cheap and we want to at microphone we always strive to brew our own product package our own product and sell our own product um so we we didn't go to the mobile canning route um but we will be canning soon so that was always a uh, Something I loved about our conversation months ago, you know, when we sat down with the three of you guys at microphone, uh, we talked about uh, size and kind of where you you said some great things about where you don't want to go on a on a larger scale of kind of barrels and that, you know. I mean, you still kind of in that mode where it's like, at this point, I don't feel like it's mine almost when it gets so big. Yeah, we still like to be, you know small and fresh and quality product at all times and you know we're we're probably gonna do a thousand barrels this year um there's plans to probably double that next year just with getting a new brew house in and getting more space inside um but after that we're, we're, we're comfortable every everything that we need to accomplish we can do within that means um could we take it to the next level and go further than that sure but it's not what our goal is so our goal is to make sure that our employees are taken care of um our space is taken care of, our product is quality, and then my family's taken care of, and that's what's most important. So for uh, for you guys, when you come into into more here today, 
in that have you seen Mike Space before too? Or no, not yet. I haven't yet. been to Mike okay. Space yet. So would you how would you compare like sizes and like Sean's space restrictions and you know where you know tank sizes and things like that? I mean are so you guys like kinda similar RCA? to yourselves or is it um uh, it's hard to compare anybody's yeah. brewery, I think, but um if if you come to our spot, I think when you see it, you see a, a lot of necessity of change and stuff like that. Um, um, right now, like our biggest tanks, we have a couple sixties that we're, we're um, oh, wow, brewing yeah. into, but that's mostly our, um, our blonde and the, the IPA I mentioned earlier. Um, but, uh, so we have multiple units. So like total, we have about 29,000 square feet, but it's all spread up on this whole street. So it's basically a compound. But okay. I don't have a Segway yet. <laughs> Hopefully one day. Get a bird scooter. I yeah. saw Dubai has some uh, has uh, hover bikes now that, yeah. that the police are training on. We should, maybe we they're only one hundred fifty thousand a piece. So yeah, maybe but you should check it out. In terms of use of space, I, I love the setup here more. I'm excited. I, I've seen some of the construction photos, so I'm really excited to see that uh, uh, over a microphone. And um, you know, I think every one thing about craft beer that I love is. Everywhere I go, it's someone's, you know, personal interpretation of what craft beer is, and part of that is the the, the brew space, and like how how the glycol drops look, and how um, um, you know the the on-demand water heaters. We have the same thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I love seeing like how you get around certain things to yeah. to to achieve uh, making craft beer. So, um, yeah. Yeah, from brewing out of like a modified cooler in your garage or something for years yeah. to, to this, but it's still, you need more. Like, you know, they always, do you guys feel like that? You, Sean and Mike, you always feel like you need more. Like, I need more oh, stainless. Yeah. I need more space. I need more. More space. Whatever. It's whatever it is. More storage space. These pitch, more space. pitch floors. I mean, right? I mean, that's something for you drainage wise, right? Yeah. Well, that was mm-hmm. the, something you can design your own. You know? As we continue to keep up with the demand, um, things like getting more ordering in bulk, but you know, buying a trailer load of bottles or buying a trailer load of cans saves you so much, but it also takes up a warehouse. Right. Yeah. And so those, those, those costs like you have to offset and finding a real estate around where we set up these breweries is not always easy. Um, but it's something that we just keep, we keep growing. We've already got plans to do a, a third expansion as soon as this next one's done. Um, and then maybe take over another warehouse next door if we can for all the bottles and all the cans Storage. that we need. Yeah. Seriously. And then, yeah, and then as we get more and more deep into the barrel aging, we want to have that, you know, proper room to get, I don't know if I'd ever get to a thousand barrels. I wish I could get a thousand casks in a room, but uh, you know, we're, we're shooting to have 125 next year. Maybe double that after that. You but, guys are um, yeah, flowing though. I mean, you have yeah, seen, yeah. seen some good barrel aged stuff come out, you know, yeah. velvet coffee grounds, barrel aged vanilla noise, your staple, obviously Imperial bean, but yeah, you guys have seen some stuff come out. Now, do you guys, Sean and Mike, do you guys consider your spaces a little similar when it comes to size and in, in that, or, or is it capacity and all that, or is it completely Just different? Just from the like, maybe square footage size, but I think they're completely different. Yeah, okay. com- yeah, way different like ambiance. Like when you walk in, it's just like a different feel. Like his is like 100%. production, like back, which, which I wish we had. You wish uh, you pri- more private, a little bit more it private. Sometimes like, yeah, I don't yeah. have to worry about like. I don't know, people sitting a foot away from my yeah, desk asking I think he's referring to me working. personally yeah. right now. We can go high Mondays. back there. <laughs> I just <laughs> stare at him for a couple hours. I mean, brewing, brewing is dangerous, you know? Like, there's a lot of moving parts and 
chemicals Hot and bad stuff. things that can happen. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a scary thought when I got to be a little bit more cautious. That's why you have John like, back there. And I honestly, not everything goes perfect every day. Right. It's, you sure? it's actually the opposite. It's more learning how to adapt to yeah. what went wrong with the day. Yes. Um, so John Laffler explained it. He's like, you could teach a monkey how to brew the beer, but you can't teach him how to adapt when something goes yes, wrong. You exactly. Know? Exactly. Has anyone had a beer shower here? Uh, no, we did have a an incident. Yes, uh, last week we were dry hopping a fermenter and uh, it had been under pressure. And oh yeah, yeah. first time it happened to me. Where <laughs> I, I'm usually very cautious. The geyser. In it, yeah, I, I messed up. But luckily, it was like 30 minutes before we opened, so uh, no one got no one got harmed. But Definitely had 185 come at me. Yeah, 185 degree water. Oof. Yeah, that's fun. Whoa, <laughs> we had the Whoa. same same situation, not with hops, but with blueberry. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. blueberries, so Berliner. And it looked like someone like uh, stabbed the the fermenter with a knife or something. It was all bloody. <laughs> yeah, when was, when are you guys bad. gonna start doing imperial Berliner Weisses with like fresh fruit? Yeah, I know people. I want keep, canned uh, bombs. People, I want bombs. People keep asking me about that. Yeah. <laughs> There's well, so much fun. You know, it's because you know you people start bringing out these freaking sharing these uh, like 450 Northons. You know, they do like an imperial eight percent Berliner. Yeah. It's just yeah. chopped full of fruit and right. all this stuff, the slurpy, slushy, whatever you want to call it, and they're they're yeah. tasty. And then you know people start getting they're like, oh man, fruited would be great at eight percent. You yeah. know, whatever. I've had, I've had a couple close friends like, can you just make this a little stronger so I can like. <laughs> Get a little buzz when I'm drinking it. Instead yeah. of Isn't that <laughs> the point of the Berliner? So you don't, so you can drink <laughs> like a couple. It's supposed I to just know. be like a smoothie, but okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It technically I, well, I heard you have uh, plans for opening a smoothie shop, according to, yeah, yeah. to your your profile <laughs> on <laughs> Surrounded <laughs> by Idiots. That was hilarious. Steve, uh, Steve had big plans for all you guys. Speaking that of funny. that, Steve didn't. Didn't you guys have Steve's canning line years ago or something? Or like the old Slapshot? Uh, uh, so microphone set up shop in Slapshot. Right. So right, I was the is. head brewer of Slapshot and I was contract brewing out of Slapshot. And so we, at the time, made the constant decision that we should be one of the first ones to go to cans. Remember so those found, giant cans? Yeah, we found a, a canning line on Pro Brewer. And it just so happened to be a 22-ounce um, a cask two-head canning line. <laughs> And so after we called Cast to figure more out about it, they were like, "I didn't even know that existed." But uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun to play with. It was not the most ideal. The do pickup on that thing was just instantaneous and just terrible. So we uh, we did that for a few months only, and that we was ended it. up with that one. That was here. Yeah, when yeah I that's got, right. When you ended up buying it. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Oh really? Yeah. That thing. is that the one they stole out. from you? <laughs> what? <laughs> the one that they did the bracket, or whatever? they were like, "Oh, we got to update this model or whatever." Uh, yeah. yeah, you guys had some uh, canning took line us down issues. A long rabbit rabbit hole. Hole. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd hate to do that to you. But we're good now, so. My yeah, God. That, was, that was a sucky, sucky uh, year. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys are canning something like every week now, man. We Friday, can, Fridays are like a holiday now at more. Yeah, we try to can at least, at least every other week, but uh, sometimes we'll we'll uh, skip a week. Just depends if I think the beer is too green or, or whatnot that's usually if, if we don't have a, a release that week it's because i thought it was still too green coming out of the right tank so we let it sit till the following week okay typically that's what that's what the like how crazy is your canning line gonna get i mean did you I, I know you don't need to like reveal how much you spend on it but like tell people like how price range wise these things can go man expensive yeah expensive it's uh <laughs> it's it's a small house um <laughs> it really is God damn. But yeah, it's we we shopped the market, we looked at the same one Sean has and a few other ones and um we knew that we wanted to do it right and have all the bells and whistles to it. So we we, we made sure we saved up enough money to get it and got it and so it's 
it's gonna be it's gonna be a workhorse for us now because not much is gonna go into bottles. I mean, the only thing that go into bottles would be the barrel aged stuff will go still into twelves, yeah. and then the uh, stouts will still stick in seven fifties, and some of the the sour wild stuff we put in seven fifties. But everything else, okay. when it cans, we just we we've like I said, we've seen the market and seen the push for That's it. What so everybody wants, man. So we're gone. I'm hearing people say we don't even carry bottles. There's just they a lot of things that I mean, certain places. You, we're starting to get into it now, so it's like finding the pack tech, which is the holder, then finding cans. Cans right now are really hard to get to. Oh my God. Lids are on back order forever. Yeah. Um, trays, everything you have to do for canning that's just a no-brainer for bottling is, is, is so much harder to do right now because everyone's made this fast shift to it, and the, the producers aren't there. Ready, yeah. yeah. So we, uh, I mean, for a new client to get cans is at least a three-month waiting period. Lids right now is almost at six months. So like it's it's pretty intense to, to get to this market, yeah. If you do the shrink sleeves too, you're adding even more time on top of that. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like a five week turnaround right now for shrink sleeves. Jesus. Yeah, so we we were having, we almost ran into an issue with uh, running out of cans, but uh, we actually order our cans through a mobile canner who orders them in bulk, and we kind of split the cost with them. So we ordered like a, a half truck of cans. Uh, and split split the truck, and they were able to hold it. We, we said, "We'll buy the, buy the other half up front. You just store it for us. Keep it keep it at your warehouse." Uh, and they were able to do that. So anytime we need it, uh, it's like a fifty dollar van charge, and they just drive it up to us, drop off a pallet, and wow, that seems worth it. Yeah, so it's it's totally worth it, especially with not having space. Yeah, it's, it's a great great deal for us. And they and then now they have cans for themselves too. So. What are you guys excited about? I mean, what are you guys excited about with the future and kind of what's coming down barrel and your aging. own futures? Barrel I'm, I'm, I'm really excited like, for some of the is stuff that, that is, is that going into barrels like and the stuff that's getting that's becoming mature that we're about okay. to be taking out of barrels. It's really, really exciting. We're, we're hitting the year and a half mark on some of them, and it's just there's a, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just exciting. Uh, like, that's the most excited I've ever seen you, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love barrel aging, and uh, some of the stuff in the past has been – um, a little bit more rushed than I would like, um, but you live, you learn, and, and uh, I think going forward, now we, we, now we kind of have a, enough stock to kind of not have to pull anything out before I am a thousand percent sure that it's got all the attributes from the barrel that I want, so, so I'm, I'm excited. For nice. Oh. Mike, what about you? You got just stuff, expansion. Um, obviously cans, but yeah, we got our first barley wine, barrel-aged barley wine in, in barrels so we t- what we did is we pulled out imperial bean spirit out of barrels and then filled it up instantaneously with barley wine so that'll be at least 18 month aged barley wine um i think king henry still this day goose island king henry is still the benchmark for english style barley wine to me so that's kind of what we emulated with that um i just can't wait to get that pulled out but we, we gotta let it sit gotta let us do a thing but um, be patient I, mike yeah but i mean i'm uh, 2018 was the year of travel and collabs for me and uh 2019 is looking to be even crazier than that. We've already got my January and February. I, I, I don't think I'm home one weekend in either of those months already planned. Isn't that is the funny thing? Like I probably, see, I probably see you more than I see my mom. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm going to see yeah. more of you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like it's just crazy, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it, it, it books up fast. I and mean, I think the calendar, you already know the benchmark dates of what it's, what's happening throughout at least up until June. Um, you know, we've already got we've already picked out the date for Bean Spirit Fest. Or it smells like a beer fest. It smells like a beer fest. Um, Where are you gonna do it? You got a new place for it? No, we're gonna do the same place. We oh decided to go God, same place. That's again, incredible. Go bigger. I thought hundred percent there's no way you were gonna do it again like the that. The city actually it's offered up a new space for us, but I think one more year at our space will be fine. 
then we'll go to a bigger space next year. That but was, I think we can do it and do it bigger. Um, that was the best still. festival I was ever a part, a part yeah, and, of. Yeah, and, and that, I mean, again, with 2018 up. being like me meeting all these new breweries, um, the, the draft, the guest list is going to be insane. And what we've learned on the road in the circuit is that um, these fests for brewers are 100% taken care of pretty much. It's between your travel, paying for beer, setting up your hotel, your food. You, all you have to do as a brewer is just, just make sure the beer gets there and then show up and have fun. That makes the most and sense, so, right, for you, that, yeah. you know, to get the best turnout, to get the best beers, to get the best stuff that you love, yep. to, to kind so, of meld it together. I told you guys when we started how... Mike had High Life sitting on the table for you know yeah. all of his brewers and that like you Thank know you High a, Life for that such a great <laughs> touch you know uh, every every brewer I talked to that day was just like man how great is that I walk into a six pack you know in bottles of High Life waiting for me yep. yeah and you in that sweet jacket you were wearing that freaking <laughs> windbreaker just crushing it nothing but the eighties baby about the 80s. oh but that that's cool I mean, that that festival I mean, Sean you were like the attraction that day like the first five fun. minutes. We waited in line to get in, and as the thing opened, everybody shot to him. Went down to Wakefield, you know, yep. windmills right next to that. Like I think that was the first time Karma had been that available was, yeah. besides Lobab. So it was, a, it was yeah. definitely people were. So you guys will be invited, and hopefully you guys make it out. Yeah, why not? No, yeah. you have to commit right now. You have to commit. I'm going to commit right you have now. To bring yeah. the Boom. best beer you've Done. ever made. Right now. Bottle logic's coming. <laughs> Done. Booked. It's it's no gives you backsies. It's there might not true be though. Beer there. January through beers. April is like crazy like festival season. You got like Extreme Beer Fest and Wake Fest and Horace is doing their thing. Horace's thing. Um, I'm going to be traveling. I'm going to go guys to in Copenhagen New York. Yet? I'm going to Copenhagen. Dope. Yeah. 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 Um, New York. I'm, I've never been to New York. I'm going to New York for the first time in uh, in February, so that should be fun. So, I mean, that stuff again. Like we talked about collabs. I mean, you bring connections and relationships that might spark collabs. I mean, you you had sixty sixty different breweries that smells like a beer fest. Was that right? Yeah. Yep. And yeah. You probably have some sort of relationship with all of them now. Yeah. You know. So I could see why your calendar would be booked up this year. Yeah. It's funny. I was, tell- I was just in New York uh, a few weeks ago, and I was telling a uh, person I was with, I'm like, when I left my, my life in the music industry, which I traveled for a lot, um, I didn't think being a brewer I would ever travel. I thought I'd be you know, locked in the cage and making beer every day. But this job and this, this opportunity has it afforded me so many chances to get on the road and see cities that I never would have thought I would have known about. Greeley, Colorado. Like, what what is that place? Yeah. And then Meadsville. there's a reason to go there. Meadsville. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had so I, it was one of uh, I, voodoo in Meadsville. That that was one of the most unique experiences I had, where we could just like just have fun and like everyone who was there uh, was excited to try the beer. And some of some of them didn't even know who you like what the who these breweries were, but they were just happy to to be there to try it. I love that. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, it's 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 been incredibly rewarding to get out there on the road and, and, and see these different cities and meet people. And honestly, you could probably get in a car tomorrow and drive, break down, and you'd find a brewery and you'd just say, "Hey, I'm so and so from so and so brewery. Like, come on in, man. We yep. got you, we can take care of you. Get in here. We're gonna fix that flat for you, and, and we're gonna make a beer. So basically, <laughs> but basically, your wife hates you, is what you're saying. I mean, uh, you're probably this no. book. I hope not. Till that Disney <laughs> trip, you'll change it all. Yeah. You need to go like Diddy and shut that place down for just your kids. <laughs> Got that microphone money. <laughs> now, Sean, now for you, you you're a little less on the collabs at this point, but that's probably based on your age and size, and you know, just yeah. getting going. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of the focus here has obviously just been trying to keep tap list full and stuff. That's still kind of our number one thing. Uh, so, 
uh, and me traveling uh, right now, it's, it's hard. Uh, personally, it's hard uh, <laughs> just because I have uh, uh, two small children at home and uh, trying to help my, my wife and stuff as much as I can. And then uh, keeping John kind of up to speed. We're just constantly, there's babysitting John. Going on. You can say it. Babysitting just, just John. There's constantly no. stuff going on. So to put John in a position where he'd have to, like, uh, you know, brew and then wash kegs and like do everything in the brewery at, at you know, on a week or something. Yeah. Uh, we're just not in a position I could do that right now. Uh, and then, and then we are trying to expand into a production space. So, uh, trying to just gear up for that and be ready on all fronts, I guess. It's just kind of a little bit, a little bit, uh, hard. So, uh, it's definitely nice when breweries can come to us and collab. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, that's, that makes it way easier. Uh, but, but yeah, I definitely got to get out to Bottle Logic and you know Voodoo open invite man that, anytime. So yeah, I appreciate. Uh, it. Do you do podcast collabs? Because you know I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll <laughs> find a way out there. If you want to do a remote podcast, that's fine. <laughs> uh, we didn't uh, we didn't start traveling until like year three. Yeah. So, I mean, up until year two, we didn't even know if we were going to stay open. So, um, it's it's you got to build the structure first mm-hmm. for sure, and then. This this has definitely been a privilege and for me to be able to go out and um, share ideas. Like uh, the thing I, I like about collabs is I get to see there's always like a different solution to a problem. There's never there's never one uh, answer. So I like to see other people's answers to the same problem that we have, and it's like kind of cool to be like, oh well, that's another way we could do it if we wanted to, you know. Yeah, so we we did uh, two turns of the collab that we're doing here with uh, Bottle Logic. Uh, we did the first first collab yesterday uh, before they got here, and then today we did the second one with them. Uh, but yesterday was just a, a horrible uh, <laughs> experience of a brew day, and so it's funny. Like, yeah, it would have been cool like for them to be here just to like. I I pulled out every you know trick that I had to fix it. So it would have been cool like to see if like yeah. they were like they had a solution. For this, you know? I feel so pretty bad about that. No, don't don't at all. <laughs> you should. It, you should. It, I don't. I, How dare maybe you? Would have come up with something, but damn, I tried everything. So. We, but, I, but yeah, those are kind of the cool things. They happen though, yeah. like um, you know, we underlet a lot on some of our big stouts, and when the, when you know, we don't put enough rice holes in mm-hmm. or something like that, so mm-hmm. it, it sucks. But those beer, I think those beers are going to be like this beer we're doing together. I think it's going to be worth it. Yep. Yeah, we use a, a nice specialty or a nice base malt. We use uh, Simpson's Best Pale, which was recommended by them. Uh, yeah. I had never used it, so it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm excited to see what that brings to the, the foundation of this beer and. Uh, some other recommendations. We're using molasses in this one, which I've never used straight up. I've used brown sugar, but I've never used uh, molasses, so that'll be fun to see what that brings. So. Well, that's that's a big thing with collabs too, you know, right? Because I hear like, oh, well, basically they just gave us some hops, and that and then we brewed it, you know, we brewed it by ourselves. Basically. Like so, in this one, you guys are interacting, you're suggesting, you're kind of helping, yeah. and taking things. So it's like truly, you know, a, a, an example of more and bottle logic, not, yep. you know. We wanted to do a collab, so we just put a name on it and sent them a bag of hops. You know, no, we definitely wanted to differentiate it a little Pretty bit. Cool. I mean, we're doing three stout collabs over the next week, uh, and they're all they're all a little bit different from each other. So it'd be cool to see like the, the final results yeah. uh, of each one of them. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, with we, when we do collabs, we always want to make sure that when we're going somewhere, we can put our thumbprint on it. So mm-hmm. then that market can taste what the microphone style is like. And mm-hmm. then when people come to us, we want them to kind of lead, lead the discussion and kind of guide it a little bit more. See, that seems to make sense. Do you guys see that go the other way sometimes? Like that seemed, what Mike just said seems to make the most sense to me. Like you're introducing 
this You're other that market, yeah. right yeah. Do you guys see that in the industry where it's like it's kind of not going that way I mean I don't know I feel like I sometimes been a part of anything well no bad. not yeah personally <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah. I've only been in a I, I think um, jumping on what Mike said I think the one the one thing anytime we announce a collab or you know the the one complaint the customers have is oh are we gonna get any of that yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah <it's tough. laughs> are um, we gonna get it yeah we're very self-centered we can't help it as well, consumers no, but that, that's <laughs> so we really and... care we really care that they do so being able to s- to swap uh, huge yeah it's, it's huge. a huge deal and i want i want people to try your uh, microphone or moore's profile as well i think that's important um, and it, it only just adds to um, our repertoire as we, we learn more in different ways of doing stouts or whatever style of beer. And it takes you as a brewer out of your comfort zone. Like yeah. there's like we've never done a double mash before. Um, so when Corey from Three Sons came in, he's like, I really recommend we do a double mash. And it was a long, long day. And we almost went through a whole bottle of Weller 12 doing the whole day. But uh, <laughs> sounds um, hard. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was worth it because the end product really gave a beautiful mouthfeel that, you know, we can get to but not through that 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 process and i loved it west made us do a triple mash last week oh man and we broke the mash rake uh, seared the bolts right off oh, oh. jesus <laughs> so we're like this beer is gonna have a story to tell hell yeah, yeah. do you change the name seared at that bolts. point to like we, we don't we usually bolts. don't name yeah <laughs> we'll name we'll name it at some point but we didn't name it yet but huh. i think we just found your name right seared there. bolts <laughs> seared bolts sheared bolts I mean, is there uh, anything you guys want to wanna add? I mean, I know, Mike, you probably have a shit ton of stuff to get to. We just grabbed you real quick. It's all good. <laughs> I mean, part of the beauty of what has happened at Microphone Now is that I have a crew back home that they, they, they run what they have to do. I give Trustworthy. Them, give them I give some them shout the plan outs. For the, yeah, give for Kyle and Mike outs. and Pete. Those guys, those guys own it in the back and uh, allow me to get down the road and get away and be able to do stuff that I couldn't do before when I was a one-man show. Grow the brand um, and... Yeah, and exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's important. And lock myself in the office and do the boring stuff. And um, but it's it's nice. Um, but no, it's. I think what I would say if it, this probably be aired after this week, but going forward for people who are coming in to enjoy Fobab, it's it's becoming more of a week of things too. There's like we're trying to do the this kickoff party on Wednesday, and I know a lot of bars in town are doing some you know private one-off Fobab events. Um, come in and enjoy it all and. Don't just wait in those long lines for that beer you've had before. Go and try a brewery you've never, ever yes. heard of. Yes. Because there are so many breweries here. There are an insane amount of breweries here that have crazy beer you'll never get a chance to try. So mm-hmm. go and just find a find a style that you like. Walk up and down and just try them all and see what, see what sticks to you. Have find an open the, mind. Find a sleeper. Yeah, because there are sleepers out there. Mm-hmm. There definitely are. Um, and that's, that's where... That's where, like, I mean, there's years that I've gone in through there, and I found breweries that I would like never heard of it, and then next year that's the brewery that's at the top of the game. Yeah, yeah. that's how uh, that's how fun, uh, FO was for us at the brewery anniversary uh, four years ago. We didn't have a line, and there was people lining up for Rare Barrel and other places. But then people would come by and try it, and then by by near the end of the festival, then we had a line. It was like the first line we ever had. And we're like, well, oh my god, what did we do? <laughs> like, um, but that's good advice for any festival. Like, yeah. just be willing to try whatever, and it doesn't have to have a line to be good. Right. What's that day like for you guys, though? The, the, I mean, as the brewers, I mean, are you trying to are you staying away from the crowds? You're kind of up in that area, oh, no, I'm specifically d- I'm down at Fobab. You're getting it, you're getting after it. I just prepared like that's the one fest. I'll. Get a little uh, 
<laughs> like a little, yeah, a little, a little loose. Yeah, I'll get yeah. a little loose at, yeah, at Fobab. It's, it's such a fun... It's like, unique because brewers don't have to pour. Yes. You really have to do nothing. Yes. Yeah, they're sure volunteers, right. Yeah. yeah. So the, It was weird for me for the first time because for, for a brewery who was just a production and distribution brewery, we never had the chance to ex- ex- hang out with consumers. So festivals were that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So when we did Fobab the first time. I was all... I, I came flying in ready to pour and they're like, no, 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 no. We got people pouring for you. And I'm like... Like, they don't know so my beer. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> it, seriously. But then uh, the second year, you're like, oh, yeah, they got it. They're good yeah. to go. Yeah. I'm gonna go hang out. So it's it's a good chance to to walk the floor and and see th- and um, meet other brewers walking yeah. the floor. Yeah, I've, I've met a lot of brewers. They do a good yeah. job of doing like the the brewers lounge upstairs mm-hmm. and having fun with that. And heard that's the spot. I'm supposed to be up there. I think I'm gonna do a full episode with ArcLight during the session on Saturday. Nice. So so I'll probably I hear I hear that's the place to be. But yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a it's a. It is a long weekend for sure because it's yeah. a lot of high octane ABV beers that you just gotta learn to pace yourself. So there's a lot of a lot of lager crushing as well. Yeah. Pretzel necklaces and uh, <laughs> lagers. People need to get to know about lagers, man, especially in that setting. Last year we took a break and went over to Off Color and hit up a bunch oh of bottles. God, of that's Eek. great. So that's that great. Was a, that was a so good, good a good break from Eek the barrel so stuff. Good. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, you talked about. You brought up Drew earlier, and when Drew Drew was on, that's that's how he described it. He was like, "I'm just looking for the guy with the logger, the pilsners, and yeah. there, you know, trying to get away from the barrel aged stouts." I mean, wh- are you guys kind of do you get interested in while you're walking around festivals like that, and you're like, "Well, that guy's drinking my beer. Like, let's watch him. Let's kind of like, there is he is he enjoying it? Like, is he, you shut it off at place like Fobab and just be a consumer and hang out and enjoy." I like going up and talking to people. I mean, is there butterflies? I mean, is there like, do you wonder, I like, is what I'm thinking to be pre- I still get butterflies. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. I mean, these, these are your babies. So you want to yeah. see how they're doing. Um, we had a beer last year that got bumped to a category that we didn't want it in, so we were kind of bummed about it. But um, as we were kind of walking around, I ran into Lauren Salazar from New Belgium, and she's like, oh, you're Mike from Microphone. I had, I had your, uh, your beer. I'm like, awesome. What do you think? She's like, it's in my top three of the weekend. I was like, I can go home now. We're good Feels to go. Good, <laughs> Do you remember so which beer, like, what beer was it? Yeah, it was the uh, the barrel aged stout aged in a um, Fernet. Fernet, 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 Fernet. Yeah, Fernet. Yeah, I was gonna say Malort, but it was Fernet. So we put that in experimental, but it got bumped to um, uh, specialty stout. But uh, yeah, so it was it was a fun beer. Playing with Fernet was crazy fun. So we hope was to do the, get more was of that. It like minty, almost. Yeah, yeah, totally, right? yeah. A ton of mint. Yeah. Okay. So it was a, it was a cool yeah, beer. Was I think I had that. For, was it Forbidden Root does Frenetic, right? Yeah, Frenetic. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that one had like almost like a Jaeger flavor to me. You yeah. Know, like it's that. It was a cool one. But, I mean, even last year was super – after the you know, the second se- uh, session on Saturday is the awards. And so once you won, Sean, it was like – remember how much f- crazy fun that was? Yeah. I mean, it was just like – I don't – well, It was fun I for me seeing yeah. you win. I ran it into Steve Miller, and then after that I just don't really remember <laughs> much. I'm, but I'm but it was fun for me to see IPAs. you win that. And just like – it was just like this energy lifted. Yeah, it was a cool – it was cool to bring it back to uh, – well, I guess Distill had won a couple of years ago, but like to bring it back like closer to Chicago, I guess. But yeah. then Listerman. So it was like, I, I wish I could remember, but I don't. I don't think a whole ton of Chicago breweries have won once it really started expanding. Yeah, no. So it was cool to like kind of bring it back home and like, all right, this is our fest again. Yep. Like, uh, I love you, Listerman. <laughs> <laughs> like your uh, Stout Fest trophy. That 
Yeah. I made him put the Stout Fest trophy on the table during our podcast just because it's oh, such right. a cool we had, we had trophy. Just got it. yeah. It's such a great, a great trophy. But that's got to go back, right? In case you go unless, back and defend unless, it. Yeah. yeah. You unless you win. Yeah. Um, so what do you guys got coming up, real quick? I mean, I, like, what, what's your next? I mean, you got Mendy, obviously. Is Mendy's the Mendy? I'm really excited about uh, just because, again, that's those are our most mature barrels that we we have right now. They're we pulled them at 15 months. Uh, they came out of really good barrels. There were two Weller barrels, a Four Roses, hand-selected, uh, and a Russell's Reserve, also hand-selected. So it was just awesome barrels. Uh, they're our first uh, batch one and two uh, stout that we did. Um, yeah, I mean, just I'm excited for that. And then shortly after that, in a few months, we'll have a single barrel, uh, Elijah Craig 12-year, uh, that we'll be releasing. Um and then, yeah, just kind of going forward after that, it'll just be hopefully fairly regular barrel age. Will, like will that releases. sit under the, the henna flag? or That'll go Mendy, under Mendy. Mendy yeah, flag? Mendy will just okay. be our uh, Your, like, kind of non-adjunct, longer okay. barrel. More contact. More okay. contact. Uh, we did start creating uh, new recipes for for Mendy, so a little bit uh, little less uh, sweet as far as, like, malt bill goes, uh, less caramel malts and stuff like that, okay. uh, just to hold up. up to the barrel a little bit better uh, for long term uh, to kind of showcase some of the sweetness that you get from a barrel with that long aging. Um, whereas henna will be a little bit more sweet up front just to kind of deal with being a pastry stout and like being fresh and not having to combat a bunch of bourbon heat and okay. whatnot. So, so uh, what will Bottle Logic be making Chicagoans trade for for in the next <laughs> near oh. future? Well, uh, um, the 14th we're gonna be doing um the online sale for our uh, one of the first barrel aged beers we stouts we released was dark star november so that's just our it's not a, not adjunct stouts uh adjuncts out but um uh just something good and clean and everything nice right in the world um but <laughs> we uh aged that in buffalo trace barrels um, but we do a we do a riff on that too with coffee from Mostra and that's a red eye. Um, so we'll be releasing both those. Oh, you bottles. brought a bottle of that, didn't you? Red eye rye. I brought a bottle of both. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, both of those are great. Uh, I love Dark Star. I love when we make it every year. Um, it's a great benchmark for me for us. I would say because it um, we keep the recipe the same, but like our practices change, and I like to see the qual. I feel like the quality just keeps getting better every year we do it. Um, and we actually submitted that this year for Fobab, so I'm excited to see what the judges think of it too. Uh, it's the words and everything are great. I love the notes. notes yeah. The notes are my favorite part of everything. Like we just got really? our, our Great oh, American okay, notes yeah. back, and they were really positive. And like it, it, it just sh- it affirms like a lot of the things we're changing or trying to make better. It's telling us that we're going in the right direction. We just need to like uh, fine tune it. Okay. I'm gonna riff off of that real quick. So like we we entered a. Uh Philip Hills at JBF and literally like the main reason we did that was to get notes back on it because it's a recipe I'm trying to like dial in and make perfect so uh, that was literally I wasn't went into it kind of like I I know it's not quite there yet Mm -hmm. I want to see what the judges have to say am I getting diacetyl or are they picking up something I'm not picking up how can I get it better that's interesting I I totally agree with that That's, that's a good good point Constructive feedback is always good. Yeah, uh, yeah it sounds like it. Yeah. Well, it's got to be beneficial. Man, yeah, I quickly realized that we put a beer in GABF in the wrong category. I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> uh, well, you but learn, you learn. It was you my first time too. ever doing it, yeah. yeah. 
We yeah. had a we had a beer we put in an experimental and Wes and I we are not argued but we had a disagreement like he he wanted experimental and I wanted to put it into specialty and the one of the judging notes is like oh this would be better in specialty and I'm like well I'm, I'm not vindicated but it's like good to know yeah. where the hardest thing about Great American in my opinion is like the ABV restrictions it really throws a wrench into everything sure mm-hmm. yeah, we should have right? been we, we, we entered in coffee it should have been experimental so. yeah okay so what about you? What do you got coming up? Yeah. Uh, we Besides got our, tomorrow. Yeah, microphobab tomorrow. That came um, up quick. Microphobab came up quick. Uh, we got our last barrel-aged beer of the year coming out on Sunday. So while you're brewing with us, we uh, will have some some fun barrel-aged beer release. Oh, uh, cool. Surprise left. So it's our nod adjunct Russian Imperial Stout. Uh, just let it ride in the Heaven Hill barrels for I think it's 11 months total. Um, so that'll be the last one we come out this year. Um, and then yeah, just gonna finish out the year with. Got a few more collabs coming in, um, and yeah, just gonna, gonna ride it out and then finish out the year and, and turn the calendar to 19 and get, get back on the road. Crazy. How would you describe a uh, surprise left then? I mean, um, so we use we use Patagonia C170. We get a ton of chocolate from that malt. Um, so it's it's a, a just a big robust Russian Imperial Stout with a ton of chocolate, and then as you age it in Heaven Hill, I mean Heaven Hill always gives off this really nice vanilla note to it. Um, vanilla marshmallow, but this one is just I let it lets the, the booze shine through and the barrel shine through. So there's nothing to kind of counterbalance it. There's no adjuncts at all, and we just let this beer kind of ride. The way the way we released Surprise Left the first time was when we did uh, Vanilla Bean Spirit. We never announced Surprise Left. We just it was on the menu, and uh, it was a complete surprise. And so we made it again, put it in barrels, didn't tell anybody about it until a week ago. So I was like, I ruined the surprise, but I wanted you guys to know that. If you're sticking around for Sunday after Fobab, we have a, a barrel-aged beer for you. Um, but it's 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 fun to kind of expose yourself and be like, here's a base beer that we did, and we've got nothing to kind of hide any imperfections mm-hmm. with. Um, and Vulnerable. So it, it takes time, and it really, like, that. those beers, as you taste them, go through some weird things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get to this, like, home stretch where week after week after week, it's, it's staying steady and consistent. And you're like, she's ready. Let's pull her out. Okay. And, uh... That's where this beer came out. We had I had a bottle on Sunday with the family, and it's just you can smell the glass from across the table, just the the barrel and the chocolate coming out of it. So very happy with it. Does it keep you? Is it where's like the body at on it? Is it like kind of that it's, modern everybody loves right now? No, I, w- I would say like it's a, it's definitely got some some beef to it, but um, I, within only the like the last last nine months have we really started diving deeper into these massive massive bodies with the double mash and the maltodextrin and all that stuff but oh, i had that uh, this super is bean man that super bean was crazy yeah super bean was that was a double double boil a um, little bit of maltodextrin so that's 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 the new age body this kind of has that throwback to where we first brewed it we wanted to keep it all kind of the, sim- the same so um look at this sweetheart right up. here it's like a celebrity uh, throwdown in here. I got Justin Miller from Hot Butcher, Moore, Sean, Mike. Got Bottle it's Logic okay. in the house. Good to see you, man. It's been a it's been a good day for brewers and, and cool cats like yourselves. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's it. I just want to see what else you guys are doing. We'll uh, let you guys get out of here and get back to other stuff, and then uh, maybe we'll come back. We'll do some more Bottle Logic stuff right before we get, kind of round that out. But thank you guys for sitting down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah is John watching the beer right now? I, we're probably <laughs> boiling over. I have no idea. <laughs> Hopefully not. It's just rolling. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.